Welcome back. Awesome. Welcome back to The Real Raw Real. This is your host, Yolanda, Brandy, and Steph. And today we have our special guest. You see her face, Vanya. Hey, girl. Hey. Hi. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How y'all doing? Oh, man. Feeling good. Feeling excited to hear from you. You guys look good. Thank you. All right. All right, ladies. Are we ready to dive in? We are. I am. Hey, all right. So, Vanya, first, we're just going to let you introduce yourself and maybe just let us know uh, your stats, details about yourself in terms of um, competing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so my name is Vanya August. I am from Brooklyn, New York. Um, I was raised in Haiti and then I moved to the United States when I was 14 to Brooklyn. And I pretty much live in Brooklyn for a long time. I went to high school and college. And then in 2016, I decided to move to Tennessee. Big change, right? From like the city to the countryside. And um, for a second, I thought I wasn't going to like it. But when I came to visit Tennessee a couple of times, because my best friend lived here, it kind of reminded me of Haiti, like the big space, how green it was how peaceful it was. And I was like, yeah, this is the next place I want to move to. And I left everyone. Like I told my mom like two weeks before I moved that I'm moving. She was really upset about that. She's Haitian. So it doesn't go that fly. Like you need to tell us a year before, not two weeks before. (laughs) And I told her that I'm moving to Tennessee. (laughs) I told her that because I knew that if I told her before, it would have delayed. Yeah, it would have delayed and delayed. So when I told her I was moving to Tennessee, she was pretty worried that, you know, I'm just moving with my best friend. But I was willing to take that risk. And it was one of the best decisions for me. Yeah, I love I love Tennessee. I'm a teacher. I'm a French teacher in Tennessee. And I've been teaching for five years. And in that same school, I've been in that school for six years. So I was a teacher's assistant at first. And then I became a teacher. Competing wise, whew, I studied my co- competition season, I mean, career in 2015. That was my first show. Okay. I turned pro in 2019. And then I went to the Olympia in 2021 and 2022. I did, in 2020, I missed the Olympia by one point. Okay. Yeah. But I was, once I turned pro, I was like, up next, the Olympia. Like, I have my mind set on that, <laughs> for sure. But yeah, and I live in Tennessee with my boyfriend and my two dogs. Okay. That's me. That's All right. I'm Olympian. So first of all, before we jump in, though, to everything, you already threw up your flag. <laughs> <laughs> Always. <laughs> Always. I love that. Can we talk about what, what year, like, or what age, I should say, did you come to America? I came, not 14. I would say, yeah, 13, because I came in eighth grade. Okay, so around your teenage right. transition in phase. Right. 
Like okay. I remember when I was in Haiti, I had my first boyfriend, Ooh. and I told him that I was moving here. We were crying, like, "Oh my god!" You know, like that that first love, like, "Oh my god, we gotta be together!" And like within like a year, like of long distance, I was like, "It's not gonna happen." Sorry. Okay, young love lasts the whole year after that transition. Yeah. It was it was a culture shock a little bit because I used to come here all the time on vacation, but like public school going from private school because I went to Catholic school in Haiti and it was private, and then going to public school that was like completely different. Like I was not used to that mm-hmm. at all. And then wearing like clothes, I used to wear uniform all the time, and I have to wear clothes, and it was like people like kids were making like a big deal of clothes and I'm just like what I have to have fresh tennis shoes fresh sandals every two weeks and what's going on like that was a big culture shock for me yeah I can totally understand (laughs) I mean Stephanie's staying here around what age again 11 so you can relate (laughs) yeah I loved my uniforms not having to worry about oh what clothes are you gonna pick today I'm just wearing my right Everybody right. has to wear the same ribbons in your hair, the same color shoes, <laughs> same color socks. Everybody looked the same. Yep. I think the, the only song? thing I was like excited, like getting ready for school in Haiti was my hairstyle. Like the way I did my hair was like the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Everything else, it was just like, I'm wearing the same thing. I was like, I mean, you had to be like your uniform had to be iron. Like mm-hmm. you need to be clean. It needs to be at a certain level. Like, Things like that. So you were looking sharp every time you went to school. But the hairstyle was like, you change it it up. Yeah. And then I came here, it was like, oh, I I need this. I need that to be. It it was just like, it took me a while to get into that groove. But me, for when I wished I I wish we had uniform, but I came here young. So (laughs) I never really totally got that experience. But I mean, save save money. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. I keep wishing kids would wear uniform here too. <laughs> it would save like money all over. I think it's a great thing, but you know, to each your own opinion. <laughs> yeah. Right. But but in that transition here, like um, other than just the cultural shock, do you feel like you were treated any differently um transitioning from Haiti to here within like the schools? Or somehow, yeah. My middle school was a bilingual school. Mm-hmm. So they taught in both languages. I was really lucky. So they taught in French, Creole, and in English. So my teacher, they spoke all three languages. So they will start teaching in English and then they will say it again in Creole. So that really helped. But when I went to high school, it was like completely different. You know, it, if I like, I was lucky enough, like I went to Brooklyn, so it was pretty diverse. I had a couple of teachers that were like Haitian from the Caribbean, but it wasn't like, I couldn't walk up to someone and study speaking Creole or French. Like I had to try. I really had to try. Um, Sometimes I used to like, people used to make fun of my accent sometimes, but I had a good time in high school. Good. Like, cause I was pretty active. I got into like dancing a lot. Um, and I don't remember people like 
trying to bully me, but I remember like I would say something and then people would like make fun of me. It would make me feel uncomfortable and I'll just like brush it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, but it wasn't like this is how you say it. It was like making fun of me. You know? Yeah. That's like a different, like if I say a word and they're like, no, that's not how you say it. This is how you say it instead of mm-hmm. like making fun of me. That was like the only thing I that happened. Really experienced. Okay. Yeah. And that's good. I could get that, especially since you're saying, you know, Brooklyn is kind of very diverse. So I'm thankful that you came and it was just, you know, a, a pleasant experience, not too, right. not too in that area. <laughs> yeah. I do have to tell you, um, in high school, I think I was in like ninth grade, my gym teacher came up to me one day and she's like, Stephanie, there's this new girl in class. Um, this is what I want you to tell her. And, you know, you're going to introduce her to, like, the locker rooms and tell her what to do. So I'm like, why? <laughs> oh, because she speaks Creole. Don't you speak Creole? No. <laughs> well, your last name is French. I am not French. I've never <laughs> spoken French before. I'm not really sure why you think I speak French. So I thought you spoke another language. No, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> That's terrible, like people assuming things like that. Yeah. You know, just because you're from a different country, no. Like I said, like I was, I felt like I was pretty lucky because I went to school in Brooklyn and it was really diverse. So when I went to high school, it was pretty easy for me to find other Haitian girls, Haitian people, and I was able to make friends with them. But I didn't have class with them all the time. So when I didn't have class with them, I got those issues where like my accent was made fun of. But then beside that, like when I was hanging out, I still had that group to hang out with, you know, so it felt different. But at the same time, it wasn't like the worst experience. Yeah, it really sounds like a good experience to me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the transition was very like subtle, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But with that, you mentioned dance. Yeah, so are one of my questions already. <laughs> yeah, I've been dancing well, I'll let since. You go ahead and, and, and talk about that, then, Brandy. I've I'm been like, Ooh, since I was a little kid. Like, I mean, if you asked me ten years ago what you want to be when you grow up, like professional dancer, professional, like that was my answer every single time. Professional dancer. Like my mom loved dancing. Like I grew up in a family that they love to party. Right. They love to party. So like my mom put us in dance school and we've been dancing since Haiti. Um, And I remember like ballet was like one traditional African was another one in hip hop. But I really, really enjoyed traditional African, like the drums, like really being connected to my culture. That's like that was my expertise. So when I moved here, of course, like hip hop was like the big deal. Um, I got into hip hop a little bit, but like in high school, they didn't really have dance class. It was more like dance club or like if they had um, some type of show happening and then people will come together and put like a group together and dance. Um, but then after high school, when I went to college, I was like, I really want to continue dancing. And then I minor in dance. Okay. Yeah. Um, but then after college, I was like, uh, this is hard. Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> oh no, this is really hard. And you know how you have like those two hour gap between classes, like you don't know what to do. Like you go to the cafeteria or the library. I found myself going to the gym. Mm-hmm. 
So I started working out and I was like, oh, I, I like working out. Like I can, I can do this. Like I can live and dance at the same time. Mm-hmm. And once college was over, I just kept working out instead of dancing. Okay. Yeah. But it was also hard. Like when I moved here, I could not find like good dance company. Like they had, they were like 45 minutes away from me. Mm-hmm. Right. And when I moved here, I didn't know how to drive. I mean, I'm from New York. Like, we don't know how to drive. We don't drive until we're 24. Let y'all know now. <laughs> but I moved here when I was 24. I was like, I didn't know how to drive. So I was like really depending on my best friend. Mm-hmm. You know, she has the car. So like if she was at work, I was at the house. I couldn't do much besides applying to job. And then when she will come after work, then we'll go to the gym. So dancing was like slowly it was becoming like a back something like in the back burner for me like slowly and slowly and then when I got into bodybuilding posing became like the dancing for me mm-hmm. you know but I love dancing yeah wow. I feel like that's this theme that we've had with our past few yeah. years they've been immersed in dance and so yeah and I feel I like mean dancers y'all that are dancers like can easily transition into like the stage or the presentation part of competing because it's it's easy like it's fluid you just you oh just yeah have it like to this point I'm like oh I bet she was a dancer I bet she- <laughs> <laughs> I can just tell now so I love it I love being on stage it's like it just remind me when I used to perform like you practice for so long for like three months. And then you go on stage and you perform for like five minutes a dance. And then that's it. And then everybody is like impressed by your routine. They're like, some people are shocked because they didn't know you could move like that. You are impressed by yourself because you like, you know, you do run throughs. And sometimes when you do run throughs, you have hiccups. But the day of the show, you have to go all out. Right. So it's like, oh my God, I could not even believe that I'd be able to do this. But you're doing it. You Mm -hmm. did it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That's so awesome. Well, honestly, like with posing, when I first started posing, I really wanted to <laughs> like, you know how when you're a dancer, as either you like really soft or you like <laughs> man, when I learned posing, I was like, uh, uh. <laughs> oh. I wanted to hit the pose. I was like, oh, you can't do it like that? Okay, okay, cool. <laughs> So you have to find your happy medium. I had to tone it down, y'all. Yeah. Tone it. <laughs> You're not really dancing on stage. Tone it down. Okay, cool. Oh, God. Yep. That's yeah. is that is that what you say you feel like you brought to your first stage presence though? Or do you feel like you, you were able to tone it down way? Oh, I, I was able to tone it down. I was nervous. So I was able to turn it tone it down. I did like my front pose, I remember I hit it real hard. Cause you know, it was that that hip one, you know, when you do to the mm-hmm. side. Yeah, that one, because you you get like, you know, when you do like a hip hop move, yeah, oh, I hit it. All real I kept hard. About was hip hop just now. <laughs> I hit that front post real hard, like, oh gosh, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my first show experience. So That's way too hilarious. I'm like, I need to see. <laughs> I'm, I know. I'm like, is there videos? I have to look up for a video, y'all. It is funny. Oh my goodness. That'd be definitely a good good one to look back at. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
Flashback Friday, something like that. <laughs> so you just that you were lifting in college and then you just continued on to lift. So at what point while you were lifting, did you even discover the world of bodybuilding to even decide that you wanted to do it? Well, at that time I used to, my ex-boyfriend, um, he used to, he realized I started again to lifting weight and he's like, he will show me like girls in bikinis, like you can do this, like you can do bodybuilding, like you have the body. And I was like, what? No, what is that? And I started like, just Google like girls. And I was like, okay, like figure will come. And I was like, well, no, that's too big. And then I saw a bikini. I was like, okay, I can do that. I can do that. And I just remember like, at that time on Instagram, I don't know if it was me. Like when you scroll down, people were posting things to eat, like healthy things to eat. Oh, they would post like a hundred days of abs or like mm -hmm. 10 workouts that you can do to burn like a hundred mm -hmm. calories, like things like that. So I started following like more um, pages like that. But I remember it was mainly like my food. I was like, okay, let me start changing the way I eat my food if I really want to do this. And then I started getting more into eating healthier because I was at the time I was living with my mom and sometimes she would bring glio and she's like, can you hear some? And I was like, mom, I can't have that right now. <laughs> and she was confused, like what? <laughs> and I was like lifting weight and eating the food. And then we broke up, like me and my boyfriend at that time, we broke up and it was a, a really bad, broke, like it was really bad. And it was almost like, I'm going to sign up for the show and I'm going to show you that mm. I can get on stage. Like, it was more like, I'm going to show your ass. And I did. <laughs> I did. I got on stage and I loved it. And I was like, yeah, I want to continue doing this. But the, my first show was really to show my ex-boyfriend that I'm going to show you I'm going to get on stage. Mm. Like, I can do this. Mm. Yeah. Would you, would you say, because you said that he initially introduced it to you as, you know, you can do this. But in, in this time frame, like literally you started working out in college, like this whole time you were just uh, working out on your own. I was because I was just like. I was bored, like my classes was like two or three hours uh, apart and my college, they had like a really good like gym. And me and my friend at that time, we were like, okay, let's just go to the gym and we'll go to the gym and like look at those videos. Like there was this girl I used to watch on YouTube and she'll like post like 15 minutes, like hit workouts and they were really fun. Mm -hmm. So for us, it was like either we were dancing or we were doing like those little videos, like gym video, like workout videos. So it was more like a fun thing for me to do, not like a, like I didn't know like, reps sets i was just doing like following someone on youtube mm -hmm. you know yeah absolutely because kind of that's how <laughs> it started out in my in my world <laughs> <You know? laughs> um i did know, like, I didn't know. Things, but you know right you like i didn't know what a dumbbell was like i just know like oh this is 10 pounds this is 15 <laughs> like what's the difference between yeah. a dumbbell and barbell and all that like i didn't know any of that stuff and after I broke up with my boyfriend, I realized like, okay, I'm going to do like, I want to do bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. That's when I actually started like searching, like, okay, what is a dumbbell? What is a barbell? What's a squack? Like, um, like things like that. Like what's a leg press, like all the different like exercise, like, like getting used to the name. And I used to watch Kai Green all the time. I'm like, 
I'm a bikini girl, but watching like a bodybuilder, mm-hmm. but <laughs> like I would watch him all the time. And then I remember like doing a lot of research for my coach because I was like, I didn't have that much money for these coach at that time. And I remember like just seeing people that look good on Instagram and like reaching out to them and they'll give me like a crazy price, but did not have like any competitors on their page. Yeah. You know, so it was just like, okay, I think I'm looking for the wrong thing. And this lady that was working at my gym, she was actually a female bodybuilder. And she asked me, like, are you competing? I was like, no, I'm actually looking for a coach. And then she told me who was her coach. And I went with her coach at that time. Oh, nice. So yeah. right before, before, like, getting on a stage for the first time, you did. Oh, like, I did. So, okay. Cause I'm I like, did. Geez. No, I did get a coach. <laughs> I did. I did. Like, because we, we book up. Let's say we woke up in January. I didn't get on stage till November. So I did my homework. So it wasn't like, I'm going to get on stage, prep myself, you know, and show you. I did my homework. Like, I made sure, like, I knew what, what I was doing. Like, the only thing is, I didn't really know how to train for my division. Because I went all out. You know, when you start first start lifting weight, all you want to do is lift heavy. Yep. Especially once you start getting that strength. Like, I wanted to lift heavy and heavy. Like, cardio, what is that? <laughs> I, I didn't do cardio until I was two weeks out. I was like, what? I'm not doing cardio. Wow. I'm going to leg press four plates. <laughs> and I remember getting ready for my show. Um, I watched, a, like, one of the video on NPC News of someone that was, um, like, a bikini pro that was showing their workout. And I watch it and I was like, that's it? I was so confused. I was like, is that all she does? But when I watch Kai Green, he's like eight <laughs> different exercises. <laughs> I was so confused. So it did take me a while to understand, okay, you need to train for your division. You know, like, but my first show, I was definitely trained like a bodybuilder. I was following Kai Green. I was like, like, you about to be up there with Kai. Listen. (laughs) Oh, I I was. Yeah. That's a fun, that's a fun story. That's a fun look back to. (laughs) It is. Yeah. And plus he could post his butt off. So I can imagine why you followed him too. (laughs) He was funny. He was funny. Like. The way he did his workout was pretty intense, really intense. And then me following him, I was just like, that's great. Like thinking about it now, I'm like, that's, that's crazy. Like how, why would you want to lift that much weight? Mm-hmm. And I was, I was tiny. I was small. I would mm-hmm. never, I would never let press full plates. Never. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unless I want to do wellness. That's a different story. Yeah. If I'm gonna do wellness, okay, but for bikini, this I don't see the reason for me to do four plates. Mm-hmm. So, what was your body type like when you when you first like got so I did, Yeah, I was just petite. Okay, I think I I had some type of abs because I remember like when I was like twenty twenty one, that was like my favorite part of my body, my abs. Of course, I had butt, yeah. Like the booty always been. <laughs> <laughs> you got it from your mama. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> okay, my listen, guys. Uh, I, I've never seen Bonnie's mom. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh no, I'll tell you a picture. 
Um, one of my aunt told me, I went home like probably like five years ago, four years ago, and she was like, Your butt is gone. Like she was like, You used to have ass, but now you just have a little booty. I was like, Okay, auntie, thanks. <laughs> She tells me that same thing every time. She's like, you must be prepping again because your butt's gone. Yeah. And even off season, like if I go back off season, they're like, no, that's it's gone. Uh-huh. I'm like, what? You, you, know what you know what it is, right? <laughs> you, you're not eating that Haitian food <laughs> all the time. It's, it's, that's what it is. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> but I was, so pretty, I was really petite. Like I like I dance and I was on on the step team. My sister was in like track, so we were pretty like active. Like I we've been like like my dad was a soccer coach in Haiti, so like we grew up in that like athletic home. Like if we weren't dancing, we were on the field playing soccer. How did your family feel about you wanting to compete? My mom at first she was just like she didn't really like it. She was like. Out of all the sport that you pick, you decide to show your vagina on stage. <laughs> oh my god! Wait, can we just let your mom up real quick and get her on right. this Zoom now? <laughs> That's what she said. That's like the first thing. Like I would never forget that. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> but then she saw my first prep, and she saw how much like. I was dedicated to the prep, like how disciplined I was. Like when she would offer me like Haitian food, like she would cook. She saw that I, w- I like I wasn't eating it, and she saw like the, the muscle I was putting on. And she just like she's enjoyed it. Like my first show, she was in my first show. My mom got into a car accident. Actually, a car ran over her. Like three weeks before her show. And I was just like, I'm not doing the show anymore. And I remember going to the hospital and she was like, you work too hard for it. Like you have to do it. So I was on stage and she was still recovering mm-hmm. for my first show. So yeah. that's when I knew I was like, okay, she understand why I want to do this. Like, mm-hmm. you know, why I want to get on stage. And then my first national show, I took her to the show because I want her to see, you know, because, you know, she like your parents always think you're too small. Yep. especially yeah. in competition. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm going to I'm going to show you. So I went to my first national junior nats in 2017. I got my ass whooped. I was like last call out on the side. And I remember after the show, like I stay after talk to Sandy and then we like driving back and she was talking to one of her friends and she was like, "Yeah, Bonnie's too big. She doesn't have that line under her glutes." I was like, "Oh, okay. <laughs> now you understand." <laughs> She got into it. <laughs> right. Like, what my daughter not, got Yeah, but her being at the show, she understood what was happening, like how much lean I need to get to be on stage and how I need to be competitive. So she understood. My sister was fine with it. And then the rest of the family got on board, like once my mom got on board. Um, but it's always like once you're too lean, it's like, oh, you gotta stop. You know, when you reach that three weeks, two weeks, you get that, you know, the yeah. zombie face. They're like, Oh, you gotta stop. You you can't no, you look like you're starving. And then like 
two days later, they're like, so how do I get my body to look like yours? Like, you don't want to give a patient food. <laughs> no. The family the is so funny. They are so funny. And that's exactly what I bet they all do. It's like they're looking at you and they're like, no, no, like, you know, you need to eat something. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing you know, it's like, boom. So what meal prep company are you using? Uh-huh. <laughs> at least that's what all I've got. <laughs> All the time, all the time. My aunt, aunt, she's like known for that. She will call me to ask me like what she needs, what like what she needs to eat. And I will tell her. And then she will FaceTime me like doing, and for some reason she always FaceTime me during peak week and I'll answer. And she's like, oh, 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 Vanya. No, no, your face. I'm like, auntie, like. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. And in the same week when she see the pictures, she's like, you're so beautiful on stage. I'm like, it is the same person, <laughs> literally, with makeup on. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah. Safe buddy. Yeah. Okay. So you were bitten by the bug after your first show. What, um, what was your feedback for the first show? And then what did you decide to do from there? Uh, I was too muscular for bikini. For my first show, I mean my quads. As I said, like I was, yeah. I mean I was lifting real heavy, so I was really big. And excuse me, I remember just looking back at the pictures. The girl that won, she was so tiny, and I was just like, "This is not what I signed up for. Like, what is this? Like, I got all the muscles. Look at my abs. Like, my abs are like insane. Look at my glutes, my legs. Like, I thought that's what you guys wanted. Like, muscle, you know." And, and I was like, okay, like, I don't understand. So the following year in 2016, I started just going to more like posing workshop. It was just one, like Chula was used to make a couple of them in New York city. So I would just go to hers and see like the different girls out at them. And like people that said like, I'm figure, I'm bikini, I'm a woman physique. And I started comparing the muscles and I was like, okay, like it's, it's different. And I remember it was that time, not Angelica. What's her name? It was before Angelica. She was really tall. Seabum girlfriend. I forgot her name. Oh, Courtney. I don't know. Courtney. Isn't that her name? Courtney King or something like that? Courtney, yeah, Courtney. Um, Courtney won the Olympia. Mm-hmm. I think so I was in 16 or 17. And I was confused also. I was like, man, she is tiny. Like, that's how I need to look like. To like to just be at that level because at this point like I want to go to the next level like envisioning myself and then I remember seeing Angelica and I was like okay I can do this like that physique I can I can get to that physique yes. but before I was just like I did not understand I was just like you guys are just going for the smallest girl right. but I just had to, way too much muscle way too much yeah. muscle okay so how did you go about um the transition because you've essentially seen our division evolve from the Courtney King uh, physique to where we are now in year two time Miss Olympian right and now you have all the muscle and it's accepted so um, with going from the Courtney King physique to the Vanya 2021-22 Olympian (laughs) 
what um what changes did you make did you have to downsize did you have to stop training for a little bit or did you continue to do what you were doing oh i had to downsize a lot i mean i think my next prep i did a lot of cardio because i was just like for a point i felt like i didn't like my body because i was just like my legs are too big my glutes are too big i need to get it down oh my god like that was like the mindset and i was like and I did my first national show with that mindset. And of course, I got last call. And I was like, this is crazy. Like, I'm doing all this cardio. I barely was lifting because I was trying to go down. But I was so soft on stage. It was just like, okay, like, I need to make different changes. So I don't remember her name. I was watching this girl. And she said in order for her to bring her legs down and keep muscles, she actually trained legs. She did not skip legs day. And I was like, okay, like I can do that. So I started doing that and I started doing my cardio, which was um, Stairmaster. And that's what got me. <laughs> that's what got me into like actually my pro card. I used to be like Stairmaster queen. But now in the morning I run. Yeah, that's my favorite cardio. Really? Yes. Like jogging or like jogging. Like I'll do two or three miles. Yeah. Keep it. Keep it. <laughs> yeah. Unless I'm really, if I'm tired, I'll walk on the tread. But if I'm not tired, like I'm running. Like spring break, I've been running outside. It's like freaking amazing. I don't know. For some reason, well, the gym is really far away from it's like 20 minutes away and i'm not waking up extra early for fast cardio so i have a treadmill mm -hmm. in the garage and just running does it for me and i think even if i had a stairmaster i probably would do the running yeah yeah you that's my favorite fast <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not i'm not with it yet <laughs> not at all I, I I switched over this year to the stairmaster, so I guess maybe I just got tired of the you know the um, treadmill. <laughs> I just got you learned to love the stairmaster more. Hmm? What got you into the stairmaster? Yeah, the one above. I don't know where she is on everybody else's screen, but she's wearing a hat over there. We have our own resident stairmaster. Yeah, the stairmaster was like. Leading on to my pro card, that's all I was like. Stairmaster was it? Yeah. Morning and night, stairmaster. Stairmaster. Yeah. <laughs> but now I switch it up. I have I like my running in the morning, and then I'll do the stairmasters after my workout. Nice. It's a, it's a mix up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can't walk on the treadmill. I don't know how. Like I can't. I cannot just walk on the treadmill. I'm about mm -hmm. to. I feel like. 15 minutes feel like 30 minutes to me. <laughs> I can't. I feel that. Like deep in the prep, too, especially, they feel like microwave. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm like, I gotta run. I have to run. I feel that. Um, so before we transition into the career part of this, um, with your evolution through bodybuilding or bikini competing, whatever you call it, how challenging was it for you to meet the criteria? Because at one point you were too big and you had to mm -hmm. downsize. And then as we have evolved into having more muscle in our division, 
Did you then have to regain? Did you have any challenges um, meeting the judges feedback every time you were competing after, even before, before you got your pro card and after? Yeah, it was, it was challenging. I felt like just becoming a pro, I felt like it was like double standard for like black and white. At a point, it felt like that. It felt like I put everything down, but because I was that muscular girl, I was not getting placed. Whereas if somebody else was muscular, they would get placed. So it was just like a bummer. I just, I didn't remember feeling that way before I got my poker in Junior USA. Like I got first call out and I was in the middle and I was pretty much like same height as everyone. But you can tell, like, my muscles stand up a lot more than everybody else, right? But I guess because I, like, it was, I was just too bubbly on stage, they gave me six plates. Mm. And I was just looking at everyone, and I'm just like, my times are showing. Everything is showing. I wasn't, like, dry or crazy or anything like that. It's just like, I, I didn't understand it, you know? And then I had to prep for junior naps, which was six weeks or four weeks apart. And I told my coach, like, I don't know if I want to do this because, like, I feel like I bought my best to the stage. And I got six at that point. Like, what else can we do? You know, and he's like, just keep going. I was like, all right, I'm going to try. And I just remember, like, Stairmasters every day, morning and night, Stairmasters. I was lifting my weight also. I was definitely weight training and doing my cardio, and just going to Junior Nats, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go and have a good time. My whole mindset was, I'm going to go and have a good time. Like, I don't know how they're going to react. We were like two pounds less than what I was Junior um, USA. Um, so I was like, I'm just going to go and have fun. And I remember when they did first call out, and Sandy put me in the middle, I was, and she kept me in the middle, I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like <laughs> that time that I really wanted to give up because I really don't want to do junior naps. And it was six of us. So it, was, it could have went both ways. It could have been like, I could have get second or the girl could have get um, first. So even till final, I was like, hey, like they're probably going to get me second. So they're just happy to see me do whatever the change that they wanted me to do, which was I was still too big, you know? And I was like 109 on stage at Junior USA. And I was still too big. Um, and then come final, they called me first place. And I remember when they called my name, I stood there for like a second, like, okay, it's me, it's me, it's me. Come on, walk, <laughs> walk, girl. <laughs> they just call you first place. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I, I felt that at my first show, I felt that at junior usa um i didn't feel the only way time i did not feel like that double standard was when I actually competed in tennessee when i competed in tennessee i felt really welcome i felt like they were really um fair with the placing um and i had great feedback so it was just like not like oh bring your legs down you know it was more like Okay, you need to look at your diet going to peak week. Um, how's your water intake? I just remember talking to that judge and there were more details about what I need to, needed to work on instead of 
you need to be tighter. Mm-hmm. You need to bring your legs down. And we all know that being saying you need to be tighter could be mean a whole lot of it's just it's not just dropping weight when people tell you to you need to be tighter. It's not just bring your legs down because when your legs down, your glutes gonna go down. Everything gonna go down. It's not just your leg that's gonna go down. So yeah, Tennessee definitely restored that bodybuilding love for me when I moved here. Okay, nice. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. What else for that? And I did do figure in 2018. Yeah, I did. I did bikini and figure. It was that year leading on to 2019. Like I had a plan to get to my pro card. And that year I was like, you know, like when you're that big, you always get, you should do figure. Like there was no wellness at that time. So it was always like, you should do figure. You should do figure. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do bikini and figure, and I'm going to make up my mind at going to 2019, what I really want to do. And I want both overall. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> so how and hard did that make your decision? <laughs> <laughs> and for figure, I was like the smallest on stage, but I was very conditioned compared to the other girls. And mm-hmm. I went both overall. But when I got off stage, I was like, I am not a figure girl. I am such mm-hmm. a bikini girl. Like you didn't even have to tell me. I was like, yeah, I'm I'm doing bikini. I'll work hard for bikini. Nope. <laughs> okay. uh, like so, doing so the figure. Like, huh? Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Doing the figure poses on stage. It was muscles that hurt. Like I never felt in bikini. And you know, like I know bikini that like we we get hurt, but figure they have their on like your knee, the when you like flexing your quads, my calves. I I didn't even think like when they say thank you, ladies. I'm like, how am I gonna walk off stage? Like I just felt like everything was locked. <laughs> but after that, I was like, yeah, I'm definitely doing bikini. And I also asked the head judge, which was Mo. And she's like, you definitely bikini. I was like, okay. Like she reassured me that bikini it is. I have, but I had to fight for bikini because every time I got on stage, people would say, "You should go do figure. Mm-hmm. You should go go do figure." And I was like, no, I want to do bikini. I want to do bikini. So the judges that were telling right. you figure, or just people seeing you compete? No, pe- more like people. Okay. I don't think judges ever told me to do a figure. But it was more like people would tell me. You should do figure. You should do figure. I mean, then my coach would be like, "No, no, let's do figure." You know, and I, I had to fight for that bikini body, that bikini physique. And eventually, I feel like bikini now kind of cut up to my body now, because mm-hmm. before it was like lean, 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 lean. You know, now it's more like a fullness. They want you to be conditioned, but they want that fullness. Right. You know, so. I'm glad I stick to bikini. Good. Yeah, for sure. I was actually going to ask that earlier in terms of like um, you going up, but the fact that you did try it out, that's, that's pretty cool to know and understand like what really made you stick to the um, bikini. But at the same time, I'm like, it was all the posing. (laughs) 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 Combined and it helped that the judge, you know, kind of said you were, you were, you know, that's bikini. Yeah. Cool. That felt good. Yeah. 
I also feel like there was a lot of self-educating going on during the time I was actually going to ask, because sometimes when you you mentioned a few things, I was wondering what your your coach was saying, you know, in the background to you in terms of like some of the directions and choices you were you were making, like mm-hmm. how how um, comfortable, I guess, were you and um, your coaches? Were there any uh, transitions of coaches during this time period? Like before, like during, like amateur to pro. Mm-hmm. Yes. So my first coach, his name was Arthur, Coach Art. Um, and he got me to my, I would say next level, like national level. I remember I got my first call out under him at North American. And it's like the greatest feeling ever, you know, when you get that first call out at nationals. I was in the in the middle, y'all, but I was like, oh my God. <laughs> it felt amazing to be like in that call out. And I ended up being seventh place. Um, so he got me to that point. And I was still, I was actually living in Tennessee. But then I was like, something is missing. Cause we went to Miami and I got third call out. And I think we did another show again. And I got second call. I said, okay, something is missing. Like we were trying to do the same thing at North American, but it was something was missing. So I decided to get a coach in Tennessee that was able to see me. So mm-hmm. like I would actually go in and check in. Like he were able to see my body, make changes right away instead of sending email. That really helped me get like to my pro card for sure. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That's I mean, definitely sounds like a good transition because to be able to have any coach in front of you consistently and getting that yeah. feedback is sounds good. I really like him, but like after mm-hmm. I turned pro, I was like, okay, up next is the Olympia, and I told myself I was like, like I love you, but I don't think you can take me to the Olympia. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like a mutual respect, like you a coach that can get me to the pro cup, but I want to get to the Olympia. You got to have this connection. You have to attend the show. You have to network. You can't just be in Tennessee and then expect everything to blow up. I'm sorry. Like in our industry, you have to go and make the, uh, that network. You have to go and make that face-to-face connection, you know? So I was just felt like he's like pretty laid back. He let his work talk for himself. I was like, but you got to be more social. You have, like, if you want to get to the Olympia stage as a coach, you have to be in, like, behind the scene, like, checking in when they do posing seminar, like, things like that. And I just felt like he couldn't take me to that next level. Those are some really good key points that you pointed out. Because, you yeah. know, a lot, of, a lot of people are, you know, trying to figure out, like, well, you know, staying with one coach versus transitioning to another and why. And, you know, you have that loyalty aspect right. but at the same time you know like something's missing I need to do something different but you don't know how so even just those little checkpoints that you mentioned are some good things to you know have in back of your mind and consider when you're thinking right of transitioning so I think everybody should like consider that a lot of people are afraid to make those changes and I always encourage someone I'm like if you've been working with this coach for so long and you give him your best, like you follow the diet, you follow the plan, and you guys are still coming up short. Something, you need to change something, you know? Like, especially if you went to all the change, you change your cardio, 
you change your 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 diet somehow, you change your suit, your your makeup, all of that, and something is cutting short, you gotta make that change. I mean, it's going to hurt, but that's the type of that's I, that's bodybuilding, you know. I don't think your coach should take it that personal. Because if they realize they can't take you to that next level, they should also be real with it. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, like this is not working or something is missing. But I don't think a lot of coaches want to do that either. So it's almost like the athlete has to do with like, okay, like I appreciate what you've done for me, but I gotta go to the next level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's definitely a hard conversation to have for sure, but it sounds like for you, you already knew in your mind what you wanted. So you was like, who can help me get where I need to go? Yeah. And you made your decisions based off of that. Whereas kind of like what Yolanda was mentioning, some people like myself included, were dealing with the whole like, maybe need to go somewhere else, but I've been with this coach from the beginning. How is that? I think a lot of it is perception too, because we are in this day and age, our whole industry is like Instagram and YouTube, you know, you watch everybody's entire journey. And so it's like, I know at one point, probably early in my competition career, you know, people would talk about people coach hopping. Like you, there was like two or three, I think they were pros. You'd see them go from one coach to another, to another, like after each show. And there was this whole, you know, talk about coach hopping and stuff like that. So there was this just negative perception about of changing coach. Right. Which makes that decision like hard because like, how does this, how does this reflect on me? You know, Mm -hmm. am I I coach hopping, you know, am I like not giving it enough time or what have you, but I really love the way you put it. Like who can take me where I need to go? It's not personal. It's my goal. So. Next step. <laughs> yeah, you have to have it's a hard conversation, but you have to have you have to ask yourself also, you know, like, what do I want? Where do I want to go? Can this person take me to that place? You, I mean, even talking to your coach, what is the game plan? Like, what are we doing? You know, not to bring his name up, Ryan. I mean, I love working with Ryan, but there was like a point where I just felt stuck. And I'm just like, no, like, I need to make a change. Like, I adore Ryan. He got me to my first Olympia. And I have so much respect for him. But when we had that conversation, he also understood me. So it wasn't like, uh, okay, I'm leaving. Like, I'm done. It was just like, okay. Like, he got me to the Olympia. I'm at the Olympia. Now we need to go to the next level. And this is not working, Ryan. Like, I want to get a win. Like, I remember having this conversation. Like, I want to get this win and something was missing and he understood that that's awesome i love it when the coaches as well you know they want the best for you and they could just you know gracefully wish you the best of luck (laughs) and it's always good to like end things on a good note because you never know Mm -hmm. right you never know like what if i want to go back to ryan and now we end in on a bad note and now he's like i don't want to deal with vanya at all so like that's always my thing like if i'm going to end something i want you to know what's going on mm-hmm. and then like so we both know why we like go in different ways mm-hmm. instead of it's just one person like it's sideline you know what i mean absolutely 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, All right. How did you feel at your first Olympia? Yeah. How did it feel to be on that stage? It was amazing. That experience was, I felt like it, I was in a dream. Because when I was there, like the first, you know, just getting to um, Orlando, I was pretty familiar with it because Clash, you know, they have a lot of show there. And I've been there like two times. So I was pretty familiar with the venue, but seeing everything, going to the athlete meeting and people like coming up to me, I was like, you follow me? You want to take a picture with me? <laughs> you want my picture? Okay. Like, it was just like, really, I remember like selling one picture to a fan. And I was like, holy shit. Like, I just saw a picture of someone like <laughs> mind blowing. And then like two weeks before the Olympia, one week, like they post the list and I was number one. First Olympia, number one to go on stage. And I had a feeling, because I'm like, my name, my last name is A, and I'm usually either between one and three. It's not that far, one and three. <laughs> and I was one. I was like, golly, like, this is my first Olympia. And I have to open the show for Bikini. And I just remember, like, walk, working my way up to that, like, I'm going to like have a great opening like i'm going to like make sure that the ladies that's watching they're like oh yeah we ready like for my energy yeah. and i was backstage praying like my whole catholic self came out I was like jesus all <laughs> <laughs> about praying and stuff like that and i was so nervous but bob right he was like all right up next our first competitor vanya august they were playing Beyonce. I swear to the box. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And it was just like something just switched. Like, I had such a great time performing on stage. Like, it didn't even matter, like, if I placed. It was just like, I am on that Olympia stage, and I'm opening up full bikini. I need to represent for the ladies. Mm -hmm. It felt really good. That's the thing. It's like, I need to represent. And with that, um, I had mentioned when I was disillusioned right after I won my pro card and they wanted to interview me, they asked me who, um, who were my sources of inspiration. And you were one of them. And I said that representation matters. Um, and so seeing you up there meant for me, like, if you can do it, I can do it. And I know that you mentioned earlier that you kind of had this feeling early in your career, like there was this kind of divide, like if they do it, they get rewarded. If I do it, I get done. Uh -huh. So going from feeling like that to being on the Olympia stage, did you feel any sense of, I don't know, responsibility or, you know, any sense of accomplishment for being who you are and being up on that stage you feel like you were representing not just for you know bikini and being first and opening up the show but for any other person that looked like you i did i felt it i i just felt like i was representing for all all my caribbean people always <laughs> caribbean people <laughs> all the black ladies but you know when i really felt it it was nashville fit show Okay. At Nashville Fit Show, I just felt like when I was posing, 
I felt like I was posing for like everybody that follows me. It wasn't just me on stage. Like, you know, when you have an experience, like you like you can see yourself posing, like you can see yourself performing. That's how I felt. Like I was so confident in myself. And it was just like, this was show number six. I'm again top five, top four. And like, I'm showing you guys, ladies, just keep at it. Like always, I keep saying, keep improving, keep showing up. I'm going to show up. Like, and I felt it. I just felt like, I am here for everybody. I, I felt, I'm getting chills. <laughs> well, I was just about to say, like, thank you, Steph, for driving this question and for bringing <laughs> for, you know, elaborating even more because that's exactly how I was feeling just sitting here. I'm like, I'm getting all the goosey. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> and I that think I felt it more. I felt it more because... I'm not that vocal on Instagram. Like I post pictures once in a while. I do like story, but I'm not going to go live. I'm not going to do, oh, this is my check-in. This is how I look on my workout. I'm more like, I want to work hard and showcase my hard work, you mm -hmm. know? So like when I went on stage in Nashville, Fitch, I mean, I've been getting top five, fourth place, multiple times. And then I got six before Nashville, Fitch. No, no, I did Chicago and I got fifth place. I just really like, I am the type of person I want to showcase my hard work. I don't want like noises. I'm not, oh, body by, oh, body by, oh, mate. Like, no, like this is hard work. You help me, but I had to put in the work. I want to show people like, you need to work hard for this. It's not all about the hype and all of that. No, 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 no. I show up because I did the work. Like I felt that. Speaking of hard work, <laughs> we're going to transition or pivot a little bit into the real hard work, <laughs> you know, or maybe it's easy because I know, I know you love it <laughs> and I Listen. see, you know, share with everyone what it is that you do outside of uh, the stage. I am a French teacher. I'm a French teacher and I teach in high school. Uh, I teach sophomore and juniors. I teach French one and French two. I've been a teach a French teacher in that school for five years now. So I've seen my student from freshman to high school. I mean, to senior graduate. Like they see me at the gym. They're like, Miss August. I'm like, uh, <laughs> <right now." laughs> I mean, to this day, there's a couple of gyms I avoid to go to because I know some of my students. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm not Miss August, right? I'm Vanya. I got my arms <laughs> But, you know, they love it. Um, teaching is hard. Teaching is hard. Um, my student taught me definitely how to be patient. Um, they also taught me, like, just because you did something good doesn't mean you're going to get rewarded for it. Mm. You know? Like, you got to, you have to do it correct. And he's still not going to get a reward. Like, that's life, you know. Um, I love teaching. I love motivating my student. I do, like, motivational video every Monday. Mm -hmm. And then we do question of the day. And that question of the day could be something really serious. Like, <clears throat> what's something that happened in your life that changed you? 
you know, as a student or something that impact you. And then question of the day could be something silly like, which one do you prefer, Pepsi or Dr. Pepper? What pizza is the best? Uh, Papa John is disgusting, like things like that. Um, we do things like that. I know a lot of people ask me like, how do you do it, you know? Because it's hard, because you got to plan. The first year was really hard. My first year as a teacher was really hard. But once you go past that first year, you have your lesson plan ready already. You have your activities. You save so many, like, things that you've done throughout the whole year. Second year, get better, you know? Like, for example, like, next week, I'm going to do past tense. I already have things on past tense. So it's kind of easy for me to prep that lesson because I have these things already in my filing cabinet. But the first year was really hard. Would you say it's because you were like, I guess the fact that you were building up your your repertoire from, right. you know, scratch or from to, student teaching. Right. And, and so. I had to plan the lesson. I mm-hmm. had to make copies, get things ready. But, you know, now that I have, like, class set, I have this copy, I have that, I know mm-hmm. how to teach a certain things. Like, I've noticed how I've improved. Like, for my first year, I remember teaching my students how to say the time in French. So this year, it's a lot better. I think my first year, I was just throwing it at them. Like, that's how you say it. Come on, y'all. <laughs> a, a quarter to three. Who you say times like that? <laughs> But that now I can like literally like ease my student into that time. Guide them that through lesson. it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you learn honestly from like the first year to like year five. And you also have to pick your bottles. Like, what do you want? Like, we going to have hard students. Like, there's no doubt, you know? But like, are you going to go at a student because they they're using their phone but paying attention? Or are you going to go with a student that's like being disrespectful and interrupting the class you know like certain things that you gotta pick your bottle when it comes to them and they grown i mean the only the only class that is not my favorite are the freshmen oh my god <laughs> really <laughs> i i get it but at the same time i i, I still enjoy them or used to enjoy them because you get to mold them you get to mold them and then they become your seniors <laughs> no, I love, like, I watched them. My freshmen that I had, they are seniors now, and they like, amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. But when they were freshmen, <laughs> and I had them the last two class period before they leave to go home, my goodness. I mean, mm-hmm. I used to threaten them, like, all right, if I tell you guys to stop talking three times, I'm going to give you guys a quiz. It was like quiz every day, every day. I'm like, geez, this is not working. <laughs> yeah. So each price each year, is a challenge thing. I would say each year they, they become a little different. Yes. <laughs> what's, the, what's that saying? You know, when, when the um, adults look back at us or, or even they, they look back at us and say, you guys are nothing like we used to be in school. Mm-hmm. You know, that that kind of keeps going because I'm sure we're looking back at these kids and like, y'all nothing uh-uh. like we used to be in school. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know you're looking at these freshmen, it's like, <laughs> if yeah, you were then, me. <laughs> <laughs> it's the whole different, big different. And another thing, I feel like the younger is- generation now, they are. I don't know what's in the water, but they are so darn tall. 
It's like, where did you get all that height from? How old are you? 14? Why are you six foot? Yeah, they are tall. Uh, one of my coworkers asked me, like, why do you always wear heels to work? I'm like, do you see my height? Do you see my students? If I don't, I'm going to look like a kid. I need to dress up all the time. I'm always wearing heels. Like, no. Mm -hmm. I need a little height. <laughs> but, you know, my students are pretty amazing also. Like, I remember my first year, I was kind of nervous to tell them, like, I do bodybuilding. But then once I took my sweater off or my cardigan or my jacket, it was just like, what's all this, your arm? How much do you bench press? I'm like, okay, let me tell you. <laughs> so I couldn't hide it from them. And then I decided, like, every year, like, the beginning of the year, I always tell them, hey, I'm a bodybuilder, you know, like, my Instagram is public, like, if you go, like, I educate them on what's happening, so it's not like, oh, Miss August is on stage with a bikini on, like, this mm -hmm. is professional, like, this takes time, I have to be disciplined, I even show them, because I'm a really big, sweet person, so when I'm not ready for a show, I always have candy in my drawer, and I'll give them candy. When I'm ready, getting ready for a show, there's like no snacks. They know. And then if they, they see me eat a snack, it's like, don't you have a show coming up? Can you eat that? And sometimes I have to tell them, I don't have nothing going on, y'all. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so they stay on top of you as well. They That's do. They cool. do. That's awesome. I love how, um, I guess to say it was automatic for you in a way in the fact that you you couldn't hide it yeah. <laughs> pretty much you know you couldn't hide it because I'm thinking about like some teachers that you know are in the Sean Couture cutie community and just other teachers that I may have vibed with on online through the sport and I'm like you know I always tell them to like follow you like you're a teacher and you share this with your students like and it's like a big motivator for them in, in a way to encourage them yeah. to do something similar. But, um, you know, some people, some people hold back a little bit, and I understand why. <laughs> I think you should. I think you should. I think you should even educate your coworkers. Um, I have a new principal, but my principal before that, he was a male, and he was a white male, a pretty military old school. But, you know, I had to talk to him about, like, not talk to him, but he would ask me questions, like, Oh, what do you do? Like, how do you do it? How do you get ready for a show? So it kind of make you feel at ease. Like, okay, like he understood what, what I'm doing. You know, like if he goes on my Instagram, he knows why I'm doing this, why I look on say, why I pose those type of pictures. And sometimes I be, before I pose a glute picture, I'm like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I always like hesitate on those glute pictures because I don't want anyone to take it like, the wrong way mm -hmm. but we have to educate people um about that because this is like a professional sport like i work hard for this i go to the gym i follow a diet i have to sleep at a certain time you know i have to take care of my body you know this is different i'm not going on stage and like showing things off like that this is like it's a competition other people are working hard for this you know so you have to teach like your coworkers or your friends. And some of them, they kind of catch up on, like, they see you do it because they see you eat the same thing all the time. And they actually, like, how do you do it? You know, like, how do you stay committed to something? But then also they see a picture. They're like, oh, mm -hmm. there you go. As long as you do it. <laughs> you know, like, that makes sense now. Okay. That's why she looks like that. That's why she um, 
walk so fast <laughs> or drink all that water. So I think like teachers need to educate principals, coworkers, and then the way you carry yourself at work really matters. Mm-hmm. You know, um, in the hallway, like if I'm walking, I usually have a jacket on. In my classroom, when I'm teaching, if I get hot, I would take my jacket off. My students get to see my muscle a lot more than everybody else in like in the school, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'm always dressed up, so it's not like. If you see me, like, this is what I get. You don't look like that right now. I'm like, yeah, I'm not on stage. What do you mean? (laughs) Two different things, you know, like two different things. So the way you carry yourself says a lot about you, Mm -hmm. you know? So I encourage everybody to educate, educate, educate educate. everyone around you as much as possible. Yes. Have you ran into any challenges in that nature, though? No. It's good. Now, I, I never know. had like a parent because I had a few people that say like, I never had a parent come up to me and say like like you doing something wrong anything like that if anything my student brag about me a lot more They're like oh yeah she does bodybuilding show your muscle with like parents at your conference I'm like oh my god like <laughs> this is not what I want to do right now yeah. <laughs> actually to so, be honest that I that I expected because when it comes to the kids like the parents seeing how much excitement they have for their teacher, like I, I knew that was out of the out of the question. I feel <laughs> like a parent wouldn't have any trouble with it, but in terms of like your colleagues themselves, no. that's that's pretty dope. That everyone seems like they've been like super supportive and trying to learn and gain what they can from you. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I I think one of my coworkers mentioned something like comment like how could you eat the same thing over and over like comments like that but I'm just like because I look good I look better than you I mean it's like what you want to say like I look better than you but okay you know like you eat the same thing too that's why you look but you like you don't say anything you're like okay thanks <laughs> you know and then it's the same same people that like give you compliment. Oh my god! Like I always want you to have your arms. Like you look good. I'm like yeah, because I eat the same thing every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like this type of comments, but I never get like someone that's like feels some type of way. Like mm-hmm. I shouldn't be a teacher because I'm doing bad. Like nothing yeah. like that. You yeah. ain't getting no strange calls like so and so got the glutes out. <laughs> <laughs> Now, the man, Instagram page is inappropriate. <laughs> now, that's awesome, and that's beautiful because it just shows the direction that everything is moving in, and that you know it. It's we're, everyone's getting the respect deserved because, like you said, you know it's a professional sport, right? Yeah, so, too. Yeah. it's good to not have to have one more thing to stress about because mm-hmm. that is already stressful on its own like and to have to be worried you know what your coworkers are saying or how your principal feels and all of that it's i think that's awesome that that's just one less thing you have to worry about when you're prepping yeah when you're talking about going to the olympia and whatnot like who needs that (laughs) yeah i think yeah i mean the most stressful thing with bodybuilding and teaching i think is taking days off Mm -hmm. Because I always feel, 
I always feel guilty. Like sometimes I take Friday off. Sometimes I have to take two days off. You know, every time you take two days off, your students are behind, especially if you're teaching something new or if you continue into like explaining something. So it almost like I leave them with worksheet. But if they didn't understand this, like, like I always feel bad when it comes to like taking days off for competing. Yeah. But when you come back, <laughs> I uh, I have to I have to tell the whole story. What happened? <laughs> Why you didn't get first place? They they cheated. <laughs> and you got your whole little cheer section. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> it's so beautiful to come back to. I think the the one time you posted about you know them asking to see was it your crown or your sword? My sword. They wanted yeah. to see my sword. Yeah. Yeah. But I couldn't bring that to school. Like, no. So I bought my crown. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So I know it's all played together. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's just beautiful to see that encouragement um, go both ways, I guess, from the students and you to your students as well. So it's just beautiful. I love it. <laughs> it is. I let's enjoy get, it. Let's get real and raw real quick, though, with Ooh, uh-huh. your career. Um, because by the time this comes out, it'll be old news, but I mean, it's current right now. And so, you know, in light of recent events, I sent you a text message because I'm like, what? Nashville? Vanya's a teacher. She's in Nashville, I thought, you know, you know. And so my very first thought when I saw that was check on Vanya, like make sure she's good because like, I don't, those things happen and they happen in places like I've either never heard of or never been to. Or, you know, I don't know anybody there, but knowing that you were in the general area, that was my first thought. So with being a teacher in this day and age, you know, outside of bodybuilding and all of that, like, how do you just mentally prepare each day? Is that something on your mind ever? Like, what could happen to me or my students today? Um, I don't think I... I think of that when I go to work because I listen to gospel song every morning. It's like how I prepare myself for the day. So I listen to gospel song. I listen to gospel song in my classroom. So as my students are coming to my classroom, well, first or second period, they get to hear that gospel song. But I try to talk to like my students. So like when we do question of the day, because we try not to talk about things like that, you know, well, the shooting that happened in Nashville, that was different. But there are other things that happen in school, too. Like kids bring guns to school. They bring knives. They bring things like that to school. And our students, they always know first. Mm-hmm. They will always know first before the teacher and the principal. You know, so I was trying to talk to them and like trying to teach them. like It's not snitching if you're trying to protect yourself and everybody else. It's almost like a conversation every time I do question of the day. Like, you have to talk to them. And then student in your classroom, you have to make them feel welcome. Even if it's like, how was your day today? How are you feeling today? And then, I mean, that's they might not do their work for the whole <laughs> quarter. But you having that conversation. And they're willing to have a conversation with you. They just don't want to do French. And I can understand that. You know, they're willing to talk about fitness, but they don't want to do anything about French. So I think is also like talking to every student 
Because you can't, you don't know what's going on to their mind. You don't know what's going on at home. But you can make them feel at ease when they're in your classroom. And then you can talk to them about things like that, like the gun situation. Like some of my kids do bring guns to school, but they know it first. Before a teacher know, a student will know. So you got to tell them, like, if something like that happened, you need, like, although you feel like you're snitching on your friend, whatever the case may be, you need to tell someone. Because you're preventing something. You don't know the attention of your friend. Mm -hmm. So, like, things like that, I feel like I talk to them, like, at least once a month. We talk about things like that. Have you ever experienced a, um, I guess, a gun scare or a knife or anything within the Well, we did have a gun scare in the school. Mm -hmm. It was a shooting in the parking lot. But luckily, it was like most everybody was almost um, all the students were pretty much gone. It was like the teachers that were left behind and it was in the senior parking lot. So that was like kind of scary because like you're in your classroom and all you hear is like gunshot outside. Mm -hmm. Um, Luckily, nobody got hurt. But that was that was scary. But there are other events that happened in the school where, like, one time this kid brought, like, a a fake gun to school, you know? I mean, you bring a fake gun to school because it's a joke, but we don't know it's fake, Mm -hmm. you know? And I remember that time when it happened, we were on lockdown because, you know, like, this other kid screamed gun, like, things like that escalate really fast. But they're not really thinking about that because they want to be cool for their friend. They want to, like play with the water gun, whatever the case may be, but they don't realize that this actually looked like a real gun. Mm-hmm. This could be a situation. Yeah. What was your real raw reaction to to that situation? It didn't happen in my classroom. Mm-hmm. And then one of my students were really upset because he came in my classroom and he was talking about it. And he was really upset that this other kid screamed fake, like gun, right? He's like, why would you scream that? And I was like, well, Mm -hmm. he screamed because he's afraid for himself. He didn't know what to do. It wasn't like a, like, I'm trying to get you in trouble. No, it it was more like, I want to survive. Mm -hmm. Because he didn't know it was a, like, a fake gun. So, like, I had the whole conversation with my student. We just talk about things like that. Like, we have to talk about things like that with them. Mm -hmm. It's it's hard. Yeah. I mean, I I applaud you for having those conversations and not like sweeping it under the rug or like this thing happened. Yeah. Yeah. You can't because the school that I teach is a pretty, it's a rough school. Like our students, like they come to school because they don't have heat at home. You know, they get that meal from school. You know, some of them get that clothes from school. So we have that population that I have to talk to them. I can't just assume that they know what to do or what's best. Like, I have to talk to them about, like, those tough situations because it's happening all around us. Yeah, for sure. And what are their, what are, since you have those Q&As with them, what are their thoughts and feelings? Or is it just that, the snitching thing? I think some of them are scared about that. You know, some of them, you know, you always have the one that's like, I'm not going to snitch on my friend, you know, trying to act cool. But most of them take it pretty serious. They're like, they don't want to be in a situation like that at all. Yeah. Yeah. 
been in that scenario multiple times, I would say, because I came from uh, what I would say a rough teaching environment as well. So Mm -hmm. it's been multiple scares within the school, outside the school. So I guess that's why I asked the real raw reaction to that, because at the same time, it's like, yeah, you're fearful for yourself, but automatically you're thinking about all of these little ones that you have here to protect and make sure that they're doing the right time. So sometimes yourself leaves you and automatic, like, what are we doing? It's locked down, you know, let's get in a safe place. Let's all get in a corner, no noise. You know, it's like automatic to where you, where your mind goes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it was just like, um, it brings back a lot of realness for me of being a teacher and things that I have seen um, but also just even just last year, there was a, a scare at my little cousin's school. And I realized I never really considered how impact you. Kids, yeah, well, the impact it had on the kids themselves mm. until I was outside of my teaching phase, because mm. like I said, automatically I'm thinking about protecting them and them doing the right thing. But I didn't imagine how much it may have um, changed them. Yeah. You yeah. know, not until I saw my my little or experienced it with my little cousin from the outside. It was. I got to go get my charger. My phone is dying, y'all. <laughs> real quick, real quick. Commercial break. <laughs> so if you want suits, posing, hair, glam, makeup, all that fun stuff. If you I love can- it. You want to know how to choose a suit? Sean's Couture is that lady. She can do all of those things, all of the fun yeah. stuff. Especially the webinars. Oh, hey. Yeah, both for ya. But also to mention, she has the webinars now so that everyone can learn all about suits and posing and how she goes through the process of. Um, what picking the picking the suits, learning how to pick your suit, putting it all together, all the fun stuff. And together, and by the time you hear this, she will already have done two of them. But hopefully, by the time there will be more do this. But even if she doesn't, suitsimposing.com is where you got to go if you want to know how to get a winning suit back. Yeah. <laughs> We have to when that gets in the tour. We gonna figure out our commercials. <laughs> <laughs> you tried it, Brandy. <laughs> but we back you up. We back you up. <laughs> but you know, I just wanted to mention one thing. So my one interaction with like that situation was I think it was year two of teaching. And this student was not particularly my student. He was Haitian, but they were using my classroom. Like one teacher was using it. Like it was like a free class period that I had. So they were using my classroom. So I used to see him all the time and he was Haitian. And you know, in Tennessee, it's not that many of us. So it's like, once you see, when the student know that you're Haitian, they're like super excited. They want to show me food. They want to speak in, in Creole. And so it was like, that was our interaction. Like he would show me like, 
things that we eat in Haiti. It's like, do you need this? Do you know this? And I'm like, I'm Haitian. I know. You to make sure you were Haitian. Right. <laughs> he was so sweet. And I remember one day, like, he went to, it was a phone, tra- phone transaction. I think he was trying to get, like, a new phone from someone. And he got shot in his face. Um, and that was the first student that I lost. And it, it was, it was tough. I, I never f- knew how much I love my students until that happened. Wow. And then I realized that I spent so much time with you guys than any other, any other people. Mm-hmm. And I don't notice that I love you guys until like someone was taken away from us. Mm-hmm. So it does impact us. Yeah. Woo. That's you're taking me too far back. I know. <laughs> I have never been a teacher, but I can feel it like Uh, that. Yeah. 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 It was tough. That's definitely challenging. Um, I had a similar experience with that. Um, She was actually a senior, and it was right after she graduated. You know, I don't even want to talk about it, but it was a very similar shot execution style in the park. They weren't even after her. They're after the person she was with, but caught up to her first. Yeah, that hurt. Yeah. Um, I don't know how real raw y'all want to get with that. <laughs> what y'all think? Because I'm like, my heart hurts right now. It does. It's a it's a real thing. It obviously it just happened. You know, I think what there was one in Texas. My sister and I were just talking about it, and you know, I've never been a teacher. You know, I've never wanted to be a teacher, even though I used to always get asked all the time, "You're gonna be a teacher? You're an English major? You're gonna be a teacher?" No. I'm not. I did. Feel like changed my mind. <laughs> I knew up front. I didn't. I was like, I, I can be good at school, but I can't teach it. I just, I just know stuff. I just pay attention and do my work. Like I can't teach kids, and they're bad. So that was my <laughs> perception. That kids are bad, and so I was like, no, I don't want to be a teacher. But I think that it takes. I think Yolanda and I were just talking about this. I think it just takes a special individual kind of like with staff and you know the people that work in the hospital setting it takes a special individual with a special heart to to want to do that work and it's so unfortunate that these things continue to happen you know in our schools to our children um, siblings their their educators and their staff you know because nobody deserves that and i mean it's a school you know that's supposed to be one of the safest places, you know, and so I, I don't understand it. But in light of that, does your particular school do anything to combat that? Have they done anything like preemptively or? Oh, yeah. I mean, we do like safety drill all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, the doors are locked. I mean, we get emails all the time because there's couple of teachers that sometimes they unlock their doors. You have to lock your door. Your window is locked. So like, even if you hot in like your classroom is hot, they, instead of opening the windows, they rather put you in a different classroom. Mm. So like things like that, like we do a tornado drill, safety drill, red code, like code red, <laughs> like things like that to prepare us. But you know, when the real thing happened, it's, it's gone. It's going to be different. Like we know it's going to be different, but it's, at least we prepare for things like that. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was really raw. We can, you know, move on to something a little bit lighter. 
But we appreciate you sharing that. I mean, it's, <laughs> it is real, you know, and those are the things that we don't know when we see you posting on Instagram, like the stuff right. that you deal with on a day to day. So I appreciate mm. you sharing that with us for sure. Yeah. How do you feel um or do you feel as though teaching has impacted um your competitive career? Um I would say teaching keep me on track with like everything. Mm-hmm. Like I remember like during the summertime, it's hard for me to follow my diet. But being a teacher, having that time and that routine definitely helped me prep. Like, I feel like I prep a lot better during school year versus summertime because I have a set routine. Like, I have lunch the same day. I get off the same day. I go train. Like, it's just set. Whereas summertime, it's kind of like, okay. I say I'm going to wake up at 5.30, but it's still <laughs> 7. I'm still in bed. Shows <laughs> you all. <laughs> so that, definitely def- teaching definitely helped me with, like, prep. Like, I feel like I'm a lot more focused when mm-hmm. I'm, te- like, prepping and teaching. Because I know exactly what's happening. Until, like, peak week, that's when, like, you're like, okay, like, I'm tired. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't focus. Worksheet, yeah. Book work. <laughs> <laughs> they know what's up. They know what's coming. <laughs> and like, it's almost time. <laughs> you go I'm, like, I'm not going to teach something new right now. Uh-uh, book work. <laughs> yeah. Definitely yeah. get that. And I guess we can say vice versa, right? In terms of prep um, or your competitive journey with your, your teaching. You could say it kind of goes both ways and how it impacts each other. Yeah. It does. Okay. But real quick, because, you know, we did mention um, the Haitian student and all the good foods that he was trying <laughs> to relate to. <laughs> so we must ask, what are some of your favorite when you do get a chance to indulge a little bit? Are you talking about cheat meal or just Haitian food? I'm talking about Haitian food. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. So my favorite is called legume. And it's pretty much like vegetable, like all smashed together. And then you can put like crab, shrimp, beef in it. And then you eat it with white rice and beans. It's like my favorite meal. Like if I can have that after my cheat meal. Mm-hmm. I mean, after show day. <laughs> after show day, that would be the meal for sure. That would be it. Yeah. You got to do a show close to Brooklyn. <laughs> I did one time. I did uh, when I did. No, not American. What show is in Jersey? Uh, universe. Universe. Yeah, universe. Universe. Vegas. Universe. Right? I did Universe. I got second call out, and then I went home, and I stayed for the summer, and I gained. You're not gonna talk about that. You stayed for the whole summer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta talk about that. <laughs> it was summertime understand. also. Oh, it was over. <laughs> I'm off, off, off. Yeah. <laughs> so, are you a plantain type of girl, or you don't like? I plantain? am. Hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. I love my plantain. But right now, my cheat meal is more like fried chicken because I'm in Tennessee. I never used to like fried chicken until I moved to Tennessee. Uh, I'm like, 
That's what I want. Fried chicken or a burger. But fried chicken is my go-to. Like, I like, like the crunchiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, yeah. I love it, All right. So now we know what we got to get when we... <laughs> You don't need a list. Yeah, funny. Yeah. What about the barbecue? Do you like the the Tennessee barbecue? Uh, there's one spot like around my house that does really good barbecue food, but I'm not really big on barbecue food. Yeah, it's the fried chicken girl. Just go get the fried chicken. Fried chicken, <laughs> fried chicken or burgers. And I do like Mexican food, but like I can't have that after show day. It's like I have to build myself up. <laughs> that makes sense. That yeah, makes sense. Yeah, my stomach gonna be like, you know better. Like, okay. <laughs> All right. Sure. All right. So we brought yeah. the lightness. <laughs> <laughs> Turning around. We did. We did. We did. <laughs> All right. So, is there anything else you want to share that we probably haven't touched on that you can think of? We do have final questions for you, but you know, before we even get there, mm, I don't know. I feel like I share what I wanted to share. Like, don't be afraid to make changes. I feel like some of us are. Like, don't be afraid to make changes. I mean, mm-hmm. we don't know what's going to... It's a risk taker for sure, but at least you know that you made it. Instead of, like, always guessing what if, what if, what could have happened. Just go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love it. Um. We're gonna get into gonna our, get a fire round. Round, our final round of questions. Okay, you ready? I am. Right. So you've been competing from 2015 till now, right? Mm-hmm. You've had your goals and your aspirations and things of that nature. At what point in your career did you feel like, or if, if at all, did you feel like you came to a crossroads where you had to decide if you wanted to compete? Or be competitive, and which one did you choose? Hmm. I think it has to be in 2020. Because okay. after I turned pro, it was more like I wanted to compete and I wanted to go to the Olympia. Mm-hmm. But then after after that season and then like seeing my potential, I'm gonna say, okay, I need to be competitive when I'm competing. It's no longer about competing. Like when I get on stage, I need to be a hundred percent or 120%. Mm-hmm. Like if something happened in a long way, that's okay. But I'm not just going there to compete. Whereas 2019, I definitely was just like competing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So was at that point. Nice. It so. was like, like I pushed my body to that limit. Like I was, that's when I started doing, like I started running. Like I was really like, I'm taking everything serious. Like recovery was like something that I was like, yeah, whenever I want to. But like recovery was like important. Going to a chiropractor was important. Getting a massage was important. Like on my light day, which was like, when I had my hit workout, I would stay after and like do my stretches. It was like things like that that I implement to get ready. Yeah. Yeah. 
nice. all the things. <laughs> all right. So what is the realest Ross moment or emotion you've experienced during your competitive journey? Ooh, the realest. <laughs> oh, man. Charlotte Cup. That was last year, 2022, yeah? It's 2022, yeah. Last year, 2022. Man, Charlotte Cup definitely had me in my feelings. I think I'm selling my feelings a little bit. Um, But I knew I looked good, y'all. Like, I was like, I bought it. I was like, in no way they're going to deny me this time. And, of course, I got first call out. And the first call out was like eight of us. And I wasn't in the middle at that time. I was like either like fourth, between fourth and fifth place. And then they like told the first call out to step off and then they kept continuing with their call out. And I remember when I was off, when I got off stage, I, I was just like really pissed. I was like, gosh, like, what is it? Like, I put my best, like, why am I not in the middle? Like, I don't understand. And then they were doing confirmation round. They brought top four. And the entire time that they did top four, I was in the middle. So I was just like, yeah, fine. Like, I did it. Like, I was sure it was going to be either me or Lucia, first or second, one or the other. You know, because that's how they did um, they did confirmation and they ended like that. I was like 100% sure. And then... Prejudging, I went to my hotel. I was just chilling. I'm like excited, and I remember getting ready for final. I took a video, I'm just feeling myself. I'm like, <laughs> first and second, I'm like, finally, I get to crack that uh, second place again, or that first place. Like, I was really like, I really thought I was gonna get either first or second, and then came final, and then they given top five. They call fifth place and they call fourth place. And I just stare. I was fourth. And I just, like, I didn't move. And the audience boo the judges. Really? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I was, and they had to call me again. And I just went, um, I don't know who was watching me in the audience, but they were like, like, keep your head up, you know, like telling me like, yeah. Uh, it could have been Tony because she took a couple of videos. She was there. And like I got full place and I, I just didn't understand. I was like, what the fuck? Like, how did I? I was in the middle of the entire time. I look at those videos. I was like, I look good. I was full. Like, what happened? And then getting like after the whole reward, we go backstage and I'm just trying to keep myself together because all I want to do at this point is just cry because I was like so embarrassed I'm like what would you even put me in the middle to make me feel that type of way and I spoke to the head judge because I didn't even want to talk to him he just he was like come out I want to talk to you and I was like in my head it's like what can you say at this point you know and his question was did I get in your head by putting you in the middle and I was like yeah you did I'm like, why would you put me in the middle and not give me first a second? But the person that was next to me still got second place. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you're an Olympian. You shouldn't think like that. Just because you're in the middle doesn't mean that you're first place. And I was like, okay. 
And of course, I went to my hotel room. I cried. I was so pissed. My friend Carolina, we were crying on the phone together. Like it was, it was intense. But it also taught me a valuable lesson. Like just because you're in the middle <laughs> doesn't mean you're first, you know. But I really felt like that day I was on point. I was yours. Yeah, like I really felt it. Like I even if like confirmation round didn't put me in that middle they had me on the side I probably would still feel some type of way because I'm like I look good mm -hmm. that time like I brought it you know yeah and then I felt defeated after that like I, I didn't understand I was like I don't understand like I don't like I was questioning myself and I was like god like what is this like am I not ready for the next level am I not ready for first place because first place comes with a lot of things like pressure like what is it like how come I did not get this first place um and then I went to the night of the champion I got six but I was off like doing night of the champion was just like I'm just riding the wave but I was in there I knew like I was off so when I got six place I was like yeah and then yeah I really I don't know. I was just like, I don't know if this is what I want to do. You know, it's like, I, I don't know. Like, because I feel like I give my all. And then to be placed in the middle and still not get it. And then for the judge to say, did I mess with your head? Like, you knew what you were doing, mm -hmm. you know? So, but it prepared me for the next show, as in like, it's not over until it's over. Just because you're in the middle doesn't mean you're first place. And just because you're on the side doesn't mean you're fourth place. Like things can change. So you really have to, I don't know, keep everything open, like really stay focused and be competitive the entire time. Mm. Yeah. I'm so happy that it, it didn't break you, but it, it gave you that. It, it almost did. It almost did. Yeah. I almost did. I was like really pissed for a couple for a long time, mm -hmm. and then after night of the champion, which I got six, the next show I decided to do was more like it was for me to see like do I belong in this in this bodybuilding world? Like, am I competitive enough? And I decided to do Chicago Pro. I mean, Chicago Pro is a big show, but I was like, no, I'm doing it. Like, I'm gonna go and do Chicago Pro and see where we land. Because, I mean, and I'm going to bust my ass. So, again, that top five in Chicago reassured me, okay, like, you're on the right track. Like, you're supposed to be on stage. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that moment with us. And emotion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was definitely raw. Yeah. Our last question. Um, what is the realest piece of advice that you can give? Yeah. Shared a lot with us. I did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> can you dig into your bag and advise? Uh, enjoy life. That's probably like the biggest one because um, before I became competitive, I used to watch pro that says things like, oh, I'm only two pounds over my stage weight. I'm only three pounds. And I'm like, wow. Are you not eating food after? <laughs> I just didn't get that. I'm like, what? I was like, five pounds within two days. What's going 
going on? You know, I think some we are so hard on ourselves. I feel like we need to enjoy our life. Like my, like during off season, of course I eat my food, but if I want to have pizza, a burger or something like that, I will have it. Because when I know that when I'm in prep, I'm not going to be off my food. I mean, off my diet. Cause I have a goal. I need to, I need to follow these diet. I need to follow my, my meal plan, but off season, I think some of us are really hard on ourselves because some process they were, it's been two months and they only put five pounds above um, stage wave. I'm like, that don't even make sense. Like, that's crazy to me. What the heck? Like, what do you, what do you, what do you mean? You're only seven pounds. Like, I feel like people need to really go out there and just enjoy your, yourself, enjoy life. Like after a show, even if you put 10 pounds, sometimes it's water weight. Mm-hmm. You can get, you can get back to your routine. You can clean things up instead of restricting yourself. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like enjoy yourself. Because when we in prep, we know that we can't have those things. Yeah. You know, like, like my students say, when you locked in, you were locked in all the way. <laughs> so that's like my advice to people. Like enjoy, really, really enjoy life. Enjoy life. Bodybuilding will always be there. Make bodybuilding fit into your life. Not by, like bodybuilding is your life. That's different. Mm, that's a you know? that's great. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. That was a good one to dig out the bag. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so before we wrap up and tell people where they can find you, bonus question: What is your favorite meal prep meal? Um, tilapia. Ooh. See, thank you. Everybody think I'm crazy. Yeah, <laughs> both of y'all. Tilapia. How do you make it? I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, either the air fryer or in the oven. Okay. Yeah. Did Did you ever do the broiler? Yes. Thank it's you. easy, it's fast to make. I, I, chicken takes too long. Like, I don't have time for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and salmon it. is good, too, but tilapia. Like, honestly, I don't have a problem being on a fish diet for so long because I, like, I grew up in the Caribbean. Like, my dad was really big in eating fish. Like, we used to eat fish all the time. Like, I love fish, so... I don't have a problem with fish. If anything, I have, I struggle eating chicken. Like when I have to eat chicken, the beginning of prep, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Okay. That's different. Have you ever had shark, by the way? No. No. One to try in the long future. (laughs) I'll try. (laughs) I'll definitely try that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for giving us uh, your time tonight and just sharing your stories with us and dropping some amazing, amazing gems with us, uh, especially for all those people that are new or considering coming into this industry. And even for those who are currently in it, you gave us some really good gems to consider and keep with us. So we definitely appreciate that. And thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for saying yes. <laughs> <laughs> and fun fact for those of y'all who don't know, Vanya is my birthday twin. So we share. Yeah. <laughs> She's super special to me in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, definitely somebody I look up to. So we definitely appreciate you coming on. And before um, 
before we hop off and chat with you offline for a second, tell the people who want to follow you, um, where they can find you, what you offer, what you can offer them, things of that nature. Because we didn't actually. Uh, so my Instagram is, I always forget my Instagram name, y'all. Thank um, you. <laughs> um, IMBB Pro underscore Vanu, V-A-N-O-U-1. Or you can type my name, Vanya August. It's usually the first one that should pop up. Um, and I offer posing. I don't do coaching yet because I don't know yet. That's like a different stress level. <laughs> but posing, like I am very passionate about posing. I can do um, virtual or in-person. In-person is only in Tennessee. So if you, in Tennessee, I had a few people from um, Kentucky, Alabama that drove to Tennessee. That's what we can do that. Um, virtual is fine also. And I also do posing seminar, but you just got to watch when I drop the dates. It's usually in Tennessee. Hopefully I do a posing tour. A couple of people have said you should go around and do one. So that's probably going to be the next project for me. Okay. What divisions do you pose? I do um, bikini and wellness. Okay. If you want a low stats I put, for figure, I'll probably add the low stats for figure. That's it. Just <laughs> stats. <laughs> Let me tell y'all, that posing conditioning is important. You By now, you've heard it on previous uh, episodes. Why are you going to put y'all through the ringer, y'all? Oh, yeah. Comparison. Yes. Yeah. All the things. So definitely... Yeah. She is a good one to work with. Thank okay, you. Don't worry. I'm, I'm coming for some. <laughs> <laughs> I am too. I, I I'll be waiting, yeah. <laughs> I'll be back. So, um, excellent. Is there any any other products? Um, any favorite things that you have that you either support or sponsored by or affiliates? Um, um, I love all that glitter gem. Like I've been sponsored by her for three years now. But little funny story. My first show, I met her at my first show in Brooklyn. And I think it was her first, like when she was studying her business. And she came in the bathroom with like a little basket with her jewelry. And she was like, okay, what do you want? Where do you want this? And I only had like $30. And she gave me like $50 worth of jewelry. Like I would never forget that. And then I used to use her jewelry. And then I stopped. And I was like, no, you know what? I need to go back to her. And I'll reach out to her to ask her um, to be an ambassador. And she was like, no, I will sponsor you, like, right away. Mm-hmm. And awesome. But she didn't even remember that we met <laughs> in Brooklyn. Oh. <laughs> and then I reminded her, and she was like, that is crazy. I remember you. And then she told me, like, my, the color of my suit. I was like, yeah, like, I've known you for a long time. I really love, like, her name is Jackie, the owner, and she's amazing. Like, I love Jackie. You know what? I'm going to use that and say, we're going to get Jackie on here. (laughs) (laughs) I love her. I love her. Yeah. That would be cool to hear about how she started her process and just even her retelling this story of how she met you, you know? And she was a competitor, too. She was a competitor at a point, so definitely. And she came to our workshop. My workshop was last Saturday. And she flew to Nashville just to be there. Oh, that's so special. Yeah, I love that. I love that. That's amazing. Y'all know who DMs I'm about to be in. You don't know when that name show up on the list. (laughs) 
we had an amazing time with you. You shared some fun stuff and you shared some real raw, real stuff. And so um, hats off to you, Miss Two-Time Olympian. So hopefully- Thank you, ladies. Make that a three-time and so on. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, we hope to definitely see you back on that Olympia stage. Definitely will see me in a posing session sometime in the near future. Um, but and I'll see you guys on the Olympia stage also. Hey, we received I'm yes. yes. Come on. We, in the way. <laughs> we receive all of that. Um, yes. Absolutely. But thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining us. And for those of you listening and or watching, if you enjoyed this episode and you want to continue to follow our journey and the stories that we learn from our other fellow competitors and or business owners or coaches, continue to follow us. Follow on the favorite podcast platform that you have. Follow us on YouTube. Subscribe, like, share with a friend so that we can continue to show up in the algorithm and continue to grow this podcast together. And with that... We are going to call it a night and we will see y'all on the next episode. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>